0: So we got a holiday coming up you know big holiday we do thanksgiving we do. we're so
1: close big to american holiday Final. it's weird um,
0: <laughs> yeah i just remembered something i'm i'm gonna talk about later in the in the show that i didn't put on our sheet <laughs> <laughs> um but so usually around this time of year we talk about comfort movies we talked about that uh, over the last couple episodes mm-hmm. uh garrett mentioned that he likes to read more in november because of all the movies he's been catching up on um i liked
1: haven't read a single what? book you haven't done it i said i haven't Have read, read a single a book no not not a single one i've read some Ooh. web pages an ebook. book not read an the Verge. ebook.
0: okay then that's not a good webpage no um okay no
1: uh, <laughs> so there goes there that goes idea that. i've seen several well, movies then, though. <laughs> i
0: think the opposite of what you said might actually be true <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I like to spend the time catching up on movies. You know, it gets colder. Mm-hmm. It's darker a lot earlier now. You want to stay in a little more than normal. So I've, I've been catching up on a couple of things this week. One of the. Um, cooler things i got to see this weekend was the uh, 25th anniversary release of saving private ryan is out in theaters um mm-hmm. yeah obviously a great movie doesn't need to be said again uh, this was the first time though that i got to see it in a theater i've only seen it on the tv before mm-hmm. so that was a a new experience it's um you know you've seen it you know and if you haven't seen it there's probably a reason you haven't maybe it's too much for you i don't know but I will say that movie continues to hold up. A great Spielberg, Jean, John. A great Tom Hanks performance. Great supporting cast all around. Um, just just a really good movie. Highly recommend you check that out again. Mm-hmm. And what better reason than the twenty fifth anniversary?
1: How Ooh. was it in the theater? It was cool. Ooh, I mean, yeah. so
0: it was just it was just like the normal theater. It wasn't like in the loud IMAX or the Dolby or
2: anything. Forty X, right?
0: Nothing, no forty X, but. It's super loud, anyway. Um, you know that movie is really famous for its um, for how it showed D-Day in particular, the the raw carnage and the violence in that scene. When it came out, you know there are stories about it being really too much for for people who, many of them were still uh, were survivors from D-Day who got to see the movie and and their reactions were uh, very hard to to deal with so this was a really realistic as far as uh anyone had made at the time and so seeing it on the big screen and hearing it really loud uh really makes it even more jarring i was finding myself i'm not typically one to be thrown off by you know swift camera movements i do fine with the found footage type stuff but this movie has a lot of shaking and i found myself getting a little dizzy by it at times but that was a Mm. good um that's war is what i Mm. reminded myself i was like well it would make sense that this is not a very steady movie
2: yeah for sure for sure it's really cool
0: yeah yeah i think it's i think there's another day so check it out i was gonna say arguably vin diesel's best role arguably he's he's quite good in it um you know he's not he's not vin diesel yet no but he's he's got a nice role in that movie
2: He's like, uh, what's his name? Garbanzo? I'm probably have that wrong.
0: Uh, it's not Garbanzo, but that's a bean. But uh, I think you're actually close, but I don't want to repeat it and make the, um, a similar st- mistake to you. <laughs> but I think that's, it's I been like a that long version. time it's pretty
1: close. been a long. been a long time since I've seen it. I've never seen it in the theater, and I think it would be really. It cool.
0: would be, and you mm. know, it's one of those movies where it's dang near three hours long, so if you're gonna watch it, I like to do it in a theater where you're gonna be fully immersed in it and that helps i will say yeah, yeah. Uh, you know uh i don't know if it's a perfect movie it's a little long <laughs> and i felt it a little bit at times so there's that it is very long but i still recommend you go. yeah you you rewatch it at some point or watch it for the first time if you haven't yet
1: very cool for very sure. cool what else have you guys been watching i don't feel like i've watched much that's like new i've watched a bunch of old stuff so I got nothing watched
2: anything new recently, David? Me too. I, uh, well, you know, I watched, uh, on old stuff, I watched uh, Out of Sight, uh-huh. which is a Steven Soderbergh movie from 1998. It's kind of a, a very clear predecessor to the Ocean's Eleven movies, uh, starring George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez, a bunch of other people who were like, they're in this movie? Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but new, um, I went and watched the Marvels, and Josh, I think you talked about it a little bit last week. And I was actually, I had a lot of fun with it. <clears throat> I do think that, like you said, it's had its issues. And people always say, you know, it had I had my problems with it, but they can never really be clear. I know exactly what didn't work for me with it. Um, but I'll avoid overly, spo- I'll avoid kind of spoiling it here. Um, but just suffice to say, it did feel like it was a little cut up at times. Um, there was clearly some things that were like, some things that were just cut for time because people would like have sudden changes to their, appearance, and you're like, what the heck happened there, um, or something like that, um, but I laughed a lot, um, Josh, there was one particular reference to Broadway that I found found quite hilarious, and um, yeah, so uh, it's doing terrible at the box office, I feel really bad for it, because like, of all the superhero movies that I have seen that deserved a bomb, this was not necessarily one of them. Um, this but. was
1: destined to fail because of the fanboys. Mm. The fanboys already ruined this one. They weren't going to go see it. They already tried to bomb it after the first one. So I think that like there was no way. I feel like the decline that all of the superhero movies have been on lately. Mm. This one was just kind of the yeah, so train wreck.
2: I think of the train wreck. I think it's a confluence of things. I think that's part of it. Obviously, the strike had a big impact. Uh, a real lack of promotion on account of that. I think that unfortunately. Marvel Studios has lost a lot of goodwill with the people that came out to see the first Captain Marvel. Um, whether it's their VFX, treatment of people who are doing VFX. Whether it is the some of the Disney Plus shows that haven't been that high quality. Um, so it's just kind of like the people that should have come out for this movie. The people that they could rely on um, in past years. Just for whatever reason didn't. And all those things converged at one time on this. Um, and it's kind of too bad because it's not that bad of a movie. Like if this was um, any of some of the other movies from the last year or if this was like The Flash or Shazam, like those ones didn't do that well. But, you know, if it was Aquaman, then you'd be like, yeah, all right. I mean, I haven't seen Aquaman yet, but, you know, it would make sense because people are just uninvested in the DC uh, franchise as it's going until it restarts. But anyway i had a lot of fun i enjoyed myself so if you are sitting there thinking should i go see the marvels i think you should go give it a try um because it is fun at times it does have some pretty interesting uh fight choreography at times so there you go and the vfx weren't bad that's been a complaint recently i didn't notice any glaringly awful vfx no so no good
1: to know yep but I have I little faith in any of the remaining superhero movies for the rest of the year. What is even left I for I think the there's rest only the one. Year? I think
2: there's just, oh, just Aquaman.
0: Aquaman, The Lost King, and Yeah, Aquaman. I don't have a lot of faith in that. so. No. Yay. Okay, well, there's our little catch up on what we've been watching this week. We would love to hear what you all have been watching lately. Um, let us mm-hmm. know on our uh, social media pages. You can go to so com yes. and find links to those, or you can just search in whatever app you're using. We're on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Threads and TikTok, so check those out. Um, but let's get into what we're talking about this week, which is wrapping up our month of so many fuckers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This amazing trilogy of family films. We've hit the culmination. We're at Little mm-hmm. Before <laughs> I just can't stop saying it. Um, we're going to get into the box oh, office God. first. Let me read you. The the premise of Little Fockers, as described by Letterboxd, our favorite movie-themed social media app. <clears throat> Kids bring everyone closer, right? It has taken ten years, two Little Fockers with wife Pam, and countless hurdles for Greg to finally get in with his tightly wound father-in-law, Jack. After the cash-strapped dad takes a moonlighting job for a drug company jack's suspicions about his favorite male nurse come roaring back (laughs) when greg and pam's entire clan descends for the twins birthday party greg must prove to the skeptical jack that he's fully capable as the man of the house all right we've already established the first two movies in this franchise were pretty significant commercial hits was the long-awaited end of the trilogy as successful david
2: Interestingly enough, uh, I think you. I think we can say yes. It was pretty successful. Dang it! <laughs> um, they did. <laughs> they did c- increase the budget. So the budget for Meet the Fockers was eighty million. The budget for Little Fockers was get this a hundred million dollars in twenty ten. Where did it all go? Who knows? But um, salaries. <laughs> salaries has to be because I know that um, both De Niro and Stiller had some kind of deal where they got paid a bunch more for the success of the Little Fockers. Um, so Little Fockers would end up opening. It's so funny to say. Little Fockers would would open December twenty second of twenty ten. So that's a Wednesday. So uh, I'll I'll include that here in a minute. It's five day total. Um, but its opening weekend was December twenty fourth uh, uh of that year. It brought in thirty point eight million dollars, beating out True Grit. Andrew Nichols be uh you know curses the sky that of that day. I'm sure. Uh, the remake of True Grip by the Coen Brothers brought in 28.4, uh, so a pretty hotly contested uh, race there. Um, so that means with its five-day, because it opened on Wednesday, its five-day total was $45 million for that open. So <clears throat> not too bad, uh, all things considered. Hang on. I'm back. All right. Tron Legacy was the number three movie that weekend in its second week, 19.1 million. The Chronicles of Narnia, the voyage of the Dawn Treader came in at number four with 9.4 in its third week. And at number five, he's your favorite, uh, troll. It's Yogi Bear starring Justin Timberlake and Dan Aykroyd was in the number five spot, uh, uh, in its second week with 7.8 million. Uh, So, Little Fockers. It's a rough week. Much like, in some ways, much like um, its predecessor, Meet the Fockers, uh, Little Fockers actually did pretty good damage uh, at the box office, only dropping 16% and finishing number one again in its second weekend. Uh, They left it in theaters for about a year, about 53 weeks, all things considered, Um, just making money, making money. So, uh, it also is one of the top uh, holiday movies, bringing in. $14 $14 million on Christmas Day, the number 17 movie on Christmas Day. Uh, and hang on, actually, I have... Look at the wrong one right there. here it is, Little Fockers. And then on New Year's Day, it's the number 17 movie all time with $11 million on New Year's Day. Uh, for the year of 2010, Little Fockers was the number 16 film, bringing in $148 million in the United States. It would bring in an additional... $162 million overseas for a worldwide total of $310.6 million. Um, in the past, you had to do at least double your budget to break even. Uh, from what I've read these days, most movies need to do about two and a, two and a half just because of a combination of inflation and marketing uh, and the way that whole system has changed over the last several years. So most movies need to do about two and a half. I think this one probably covered with $310 million worldwide um, on a $100 million budget. So it was successful. So, I mean, like, from a money standpoint, they could have done more of these, I think. But we'll talk about the critical aspect here in a minute. Um, For 2010, number one movie that year was Toy Story 3, followed by Alice in Wonderland, Iron Man 2, Twilight Saga, Eclipse, and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. That's your top five movies in the domestic United States Canada uh, for that year. Don't love I'm that happy year. to that's say <laughs> it was a pretty fun year. You know, you also had Inception that year, like Despicable that. Me, How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, oh, Little Fockers came in just behind Grown Ups, so that's another movie we reviewed. Um, this is our seventh. Just tw- <laughs> behind it and just ahead of Megamind, like barely ahead of Megamind. Um, uh, this is our seventh 2010 movie. Including Toy Story Three, Grown Ups, Iron Man Two, Scott Pilgrim, Kick Ass, and uh, The Crazies, which was my So Many Scares pick last year. So, there's your box office uh, recap for Little Fockers. Uh, Any questions on that, you guys?
0: No questions from the audience this time. (laughs) Uh, That is not as exciting of a year as some we've we've hit before. Plus, it sounds like we've hit a lot of them already. We've we've been to 2010 seven times. That's crazy. Yes. Um, No. No questions. I, I think for me let's go ahead and and jump into little fuckers here um we're, we're gonna go around do a quick little i don't know a couple minutes each of our, of our th- overall thoughts of of mm-hmm. meet of little fuckers meet the little fuckers i'm gonna call it and uh then we'll get into more we'll break down a little more deep into this movie as deep as you can go into this mm-hmm. very 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 shallow movie <clears throat> i'll go first <laughs> not good not great <laughs> Uh, way worse than even the second one, uh, which was, I, I, I think I, I think I scored it just a touch under Meet the Parents. This is going to be more than that. Spoiler alert. Um, I'm going to start with immediately. I'm annoyed upon finishing the movie because I don't care what they try to argue. Uh, it's not in any way about the little fuckers. Why is it named yes. little fuckers? It's no, there's nonsense. There's no reason. The movie is about. Uh, Jack thinks that Greg's cheating on Pam. Right. Uh, nothing to do with the little fuckers. <laughs> it should be called Sneaky Fucker. It should be called Sneaky Focker. So that is my good main title. and chief complaint with this movie is the title is terrible. I'm sure they could have found another Fokker pun, or or make mm-hmm. the movie about the little fuckers.
2: <laughs> make it more about the kids. Right. They were clearly yeah. there. Yeah, they
0: just didn't have anything yeah. to do.
2: They had, they had, they had some, they had some moments, but they weren't, the, they weren't the core. Second complaint.
0: Jack is as dumb as he's ever been. Jack is very dumb in this now. He's no longer the intimidating he's father-in-law. He's the goofy dummy. Uh, he yeah. he looks like the idiot compared to Greg in this one as he's like poorly uh, following him around and stuff and he's getting all this information mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, Jack, you've seen better days, my friend. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then they just do a really poor job of tying in the rest of the family, uh, way worse than they had in the past. Uh, there's no reason for the fuckers to be there, but they kind of shoehorn them in in random scenes. Roz has a TV show. Why? There's a lot of why. Why? <laughs>
1: why? There's a lot of why.
0: Why? <laughs> so that's my <laughs> summary of my thoughts of this movie is why. Next.
1: See, and Josh, I have an, I have an answer to your question. And the answer is the almighty dollar. Oh, 20. The Benjamin himself. So like, Why not? Yes, the money, the money, the money no, because as mean, David said this guess. movie made so much money and this movie feels like a movie that was meant to make money. Hey, went someone went, "Hey, you know what movies made a lot of money? The Meet the Fokker Parent movie franchise. That's really made a lot of money. You know who's still really popular in 2010?" Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro. Mm -hmm. And you know what we should do? Let's just put them in the most silly situations and do the most over-the-top things because that is what happened to movies in the 2010s (laughs) (laughs) is that they just kind of lost their way. They thought, how can we make the most money and how can we do the most over-the-top thing with the most shallow-minded anything that can kind of get us from point A to the end? (laughs) As long as we kind of have this thing that can kind of come together... And it's semi-established. We just want the franchise money maker. And that is what this movie was. Built-in audience. So early on, I actually
2: was kind of enjoying myself. I was thinking of this as, you know, this is like the Cars 3 of this franchise. Whereas Cars 1 is like, all right, you know, hey, not bad. Okay, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little goofy at times, but whatever. Cars 2 is like, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened to cinema as is Meet the Fockers, and then uh, this was like, hey, you know, we're starting out a little bit more grounded. Things are a little bit more realistic. Okay, I'm following you. We're doing good, but I have to admit, I lost interest by the like by the hour mark. I did not care to because like because what happens is is that like you said, Josh, Jack thinks that Greg's having an affair, and Greg's clearly not having an affair. We, the audience, know, and so. By the we by around the hour mark, I thought I don't want to I don't want to watch Jack find out that he's not having an affair. It's so I'm so checked out of the finale of this movie, so that that really kind of killed it for me. I, I kind of do still still think it is the Cars Three, uh, but at the same time. It, uh, I had just lost interest. So, I mean, like, whatever le- else they had left was like, maybe they'll get some funny gags out of this, and I'll admit, I laughed at some of the funny gags, but the story, I just kind of lost investment in by, uh, before it even got to the, you know, the finish.
0: Yeah, I, la- I laughed at a couple early funny gags. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the first one, because it's one of the scenes I wrote down. Uh, I got a, 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 an actual audible laugh out of me because it was so unexpectedly dumb. When yeah. Jack asks Greg if he will be the godfucker, the godfucker. Uh, I groaned after I laughed, but it was it it truly caught me off guard. I was not ready for the godfucker. Yeah, and and I chuckled. honestly.
1: honestly. <laughs> Definitely. That could have been. That could have been the title of this. <laughs> it movie, would have actually. been a better the title. Godfather yes. would have been the great title, and then the movie would have made sense. You can do the whole cheating thing. You know, he's. I'm trying to find a successor to my family after yes. the whole. You know, you could have really played into the Godfather satire right, type thing, and I think do. that yeah, would have been. That was what I thought honest. too, and, and clearly it wouldn't be like. Oh, is
2: that too offensive? They called the movie Little Fockers. Right, it can't be that the mm-hmm. Godfather is too offensive. Um. The build to it, the the drama of Jack being like, Greg, I need you to take this very seriously, and he's like he's like really walking him down. And he's like, oh, okay, Jack, what is it? I need you to be. And the music swells, the Godfucker. and my my wife lost it. We did not catch the scene. We had to rewind three times because she laughed every time he said god fucker. It was <laughs> so stupid, and yet exactly the right amount of stupid for a laugh from me. Clearly from Josh, from my wife. Um. And my favorite part was when well, my favorite part is the aftermath of Greg acting like being very, you know, hey, I need you to do this for your dad, you know, and a part of me was like, what I wish is that Greg just decided, Jack's such an idiot, I'm just gonna screw with him with this Godfucker thing instead he just totally buys into it and it just made me so disappointed Mm -hmm. i just wanted because like when he comes and he's kissing him on the cheek i was like yeah just screw with his head but then it was clearly obvious that he was just taking it all super to heart he really wanted to be the new head of the fokker burns family
1: well did you see the confidence that it instilled in him when he finally felt like he had his Approval and like he he walked around with like this confidence and he it went too far obviously mm-hmm. but like I mean he walked around he you know his posture was good his shoulders were square he he walked out and was like you're gonna eat that lasagna <laughs> and then he got thrown up on as in like The Exorcist and that's when the movie just started when going down yeah, gonna yeah. Stop well stop when too when he tells his time. wife
2: to be quiet he's like I got yeah it. <laughs> you know the the pause yeah <laughs> I don't know and then. And then, you know, he's he's at dinner. There's a geese thrown up on, right? Well, later, he has one of what has to be the most gruesome incident in the Fokker franchise where he, all, like, severs his finger. <laughs> oh, like, right. that was... Ho- and then answers was the was phone. the turkey. Was- uh, and then answers the phone. I thought he cut his finger all the way off. I wouldn't have answered so the phone at all. And so I was like, <laughs> this is horrible. My finger's but, cut. But, yeah, that was... Um that was that was a hilarious way to go with it. The reveal later that Bob, Dr. Bob had been asked previously to be the Bob father um was equally uh not a full-on laugh, but I was like, "Oh, yeah. That's good." All right. It's
0: Bob not, father. It's not as
2: good.
1: Not as good. The but other yeah. Illustrates. You know, this you you said like the they had a lot of scenes that were like kind of so far extreme for what even this franchise is. Josh, the other scene that you wrote down was the (laughs) erection scene. Do you want to talk about that? I don't, but yes. (laughs) No, you don't. I don't blame you.
0: So, yeah, there is this, uh, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, Jack seems to be really dumb in this movie. And Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, he takes an erectile dysfunction pill that um, Greg is helping to market, basically, as part of his job as a nurse. Um, He sneaks into his hotel room and... No, it wasn't in his hotel room. It was at the back of the house. But anyway, he takes the the erectile dysfunction pill and then at that time, a little later, decides to confront Greg about his allegations of cheating on Pam. Well, Greg Mm -hmm. quickly notices that that Jack has a large erection and asks how long he's had it. It is determined that he's had it way too long and he needs to go to the ER. Perhaps the only Jack-like thing he does do is refuse to be taken to the hospital for this uh, and Mm -hmm. to do it themselves, and I do think that is a Jack-like thing. Uh, But then we have to see, without directly seeing, um, we have to imagine. We have to imagine Greg injecting Jack's penis with a uh, adrenaline shot. Mm. And also at that time, one of the little fuckers opens the door, sees Mm. his grandpa being stabbed in the penis by his father's (laughs) syringe. It's a whole thing. And I was. It's just, traumatizing. It, it, it is just traumatizing for kids. Traumatizing for me as an audience member. Uh, <laughs> it's not even funny. It wasn't funny.
2: No. I don't know it what's was, funny was, about no. that. No. It was. It was the definition of like early two thousands humor that this movie yeah. held on to because like it's something you would see or it would. It's a. It's a. It's a thing that would happen in like a national lampoons, you know. Uh, college, yeah, sluts it's or like whatever, the scene you know, where they were, like they were movie like, that. you know,
0: they were like, This is the one that they're all gonna talk about when they see it. And I don't know if yeah. they did, yeah, I don't
2: remember. It was such a, yeah. it was such like, you know, because like what this movie is sort of, you know, uh, this franchise has leaned into uh cringe comedy at times, and this is like just such a cringe situation that like nobody would ever want to be in. When the little kid started walking down the hall, I out loud went, Oh no, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just kept saying no every time he was like, "Okay, Jack, ready?" And he's he's like, "One, two. and I was like, "No, no!" And then he opened the door, and I was like, "Oh gosh!" And it was,
1: well, it was so bad. the The, the level that they tried to show that particular kid, the the boy of the twins, I mm. don't know their names, as is a problem. Going back to the title of the movie, "The Little Fockers," I don't know their names. Mm. Um, but the boy twin, yeah. he was. There was that scene where she was like. Daddy, can I ask you a question? Do girls poop through their vaginas? Like, what is it? What is, yeah. Who who writes this <laughs> yeah. and goes, that's it. That's this the winner. This is not what and Meet the Parents Of all the things, was. this is what I'm gonna have this five-year-old say. Yeah. It's just so much
2: more, like, overt than anything that you really got in, like, Meet the Parents. And that was part of my problem, I think, too, with Meet the Fockers, is how much more overt things are as opposed to being sort of you know, I don't I don't know if they were necessarily subtle with Meet the Parents, but there was kind of like these little, like, you know, they would say something and they would just hang there as like, oh, that might be taken the wrong way. And here it's just, yeah, poop out of vagina, injection into into penis. You know, like, it's just as as uh, out there as it can be. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I want to mention a, a line, just an, ex- an exchange, though. So this is some genuine, I had, I'd laugh. This is some genuine laugh from David right here. Is... They're in the car and, you know, Jack's just kind of like pressuring Greg on different things. And he goes, are you still physically attracted to my daughter, Greg? And he and he goes, "To Pam, yeah. Are you kidding? Yes, Jack. There's never been a problem with that. And he goes, even after her body endured the hellish ordeal of birthing twins? And I laughed out loud. And then he goes, yes, even, it's still all good. All good under the hood. <laughs> and Jack goes, that's disgusting, Greg. <laughs> It's just a series of terrible things to say about your daughter. <laughs> it's it's the definition of Greg can't win. Yeah. When we talked about it in Meet the Parents, it's like, what was he supposed to say? You know, like, no, Greg, actually, I, your daughter's experience of birthing twins has made it hard to make love to her. Greg, why would you say that? But saying, like, no, everything's fine. No, Greg, that's disgusting. How dare you tell me about my daughter's private parts? It's so, it's, it's that classic, you know, Greg can't win. But Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro, it's a scene made for them. They nail that. Um, so th- there you go. There's my, there's one of my highlights of the movie is just that car exchange.
1: Yeah. I, you know, one of the other things that I think is more memorable than some of the movies themselves are the people that are in it, mm-hmm. uh, as like little side characters. Because again, for me, 2010 is such a, a weird moment in time. And before we get to the, uh, people who are not famous, but will be, mm-hmm. um, That are in this movie, I also was like blown away that. So there's the scene where um, Robert De Niro is investigating Andy Garcia, Mm -hmm. and he finds her MySpace page. That was the number one Google search on the on the thing was MySpace, and I was like. In 2010, 2010, and and like I get it, I think I mean I think, it, it was so I was like it wasn't Facebook, it was MySpace. And it's hard to remember when it.
2: everything took off because I can't remember exactly what year Facebook came out. But I was like Facebook pretty quickly outpaced MySpace by 2010. I feel like I
0: I, I don't think I quite so. yet. I think it was actually a decent reference uh, for really? that time. Yeah, I think this Gosh, was still old, in then. the. Transitional phase where a lot of people were doing both. Um, yeah, because I had the wow. same thought. That's it. I tried to look up, tried to look up some information.
2: That said, I had yeah. not seen a, I guess, twenty ten era MySpace page layout in years. So I had, I was like, is no. this what MySpace looked like? I have no memory of that.
0: Plus, it's entirely None. possible that you know this was could have been written a year or so earlier, which could you True. know with the speed of tech. Anyway, it was a good yeah. reference. <laughs> um,
1: okay but then there but then to start the movie you see uh you get jessica alba she mm-hmm. is one of the stars which poor jessica alba she never has a good character to, to play she's always just hot girl insert mm-hmm. insert title well as this movie um, refers to her as boner medicine which i think is pretty yeah yeah pretty yeah funny, yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. yeah really on the nose um but you know <laughs> you're introduced to her as the drug rep and then like she just goes into this hospital Where Kevin Hart is there, an early baby Kevin Hart, who hasn't quite become Kevin Hart yet. Didn't even really have like a... trying to inject... I was gonna say, didn't even really have like a show
2: moment, you know what I mean? Like, he was like very, very background. Not, like, he didn't even have like a special, like, couple of lines he gets to say that are like, oh man, that guy's going places,
1: you know? No. He was just a a guy trying to get his uh, start in the movies and stuff. And so, he's there trying to give a guy some kind of rectal situation i don't know mm-hmm. what it was and then this drug rep just jumps in there and starts doing that that's an insurance problem right there no hospital would be okay with that no, no nurse should let that happen no that's a violation no Nurse should be happening with that no she's not a I licensed say,
2: nurse no nor does and she then we work have for the jordan hospital Peel. liabilities
1: no yeah exactly we have jordan peele in there rob hubel mm-hmm. Nick kroll uh harvey keitel all make nice little appearances did anybody stand out for you all? Uh, I, mean, I, def- I, I, yeah. I mean i literally
0: i definitely noticed i mean i was like jordan peele Peel.
1: Yeah, Jordan Peele and Kevin Hart were like,
2: "What?" And then you know, uh, I was when I did see Harvey Keitel, I did say, "Harvey Keitel," <laughs> like I was just like, "Of all the too. people," but he's good friends with De Niro. See, and
0: I kept wondering, what is the purpose of this Randy character? I don't even know why he. Why do we have there why was is no Harvey purpose of Randy in movie if he's not even playing a character that's worth yeah. having? I don't get it.
2: <laughs> exactly. That was, um, the, uh, that, cause was you know, that was because you know Harvey Keitel
0: weird. is famous at this time, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I just wanted to say about Jessica Alba real quick. What just a terribly flat character, <laughs> you know?
1: Hundred um, percent, yeah. Uh, Poor her. I mean, again, she always seems to get stuck with that, and it's just almost not. Even it's fair not. To her. No. And
0: I gotta say, for a lot of the movie, it's hard to even tell if she's actually trying to show interest in Greg, or if she is just like overly enthusiastic. It doesn't get really like, uh, you know, obvious until she comes onto him when she's drunk, and mm. they like fall mm-hmm. into the pool pit. And that's like still, what is this movie
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um bad, that's what this so is because
0: it's
2: like not outrageous enough to like shock you, I guess, yeah. but at the same time not really that. God, it's just not creative and it's not and the the the, the actual conflict of the movie is so like it's you've already seen it right, because by already the third movie you're play. like,
0: okay, why are you all still having this fight <laughs>
1: Rinse Do you not repeat. trust him or Rinse not, and repeat.
0: put him in the circle of trust in two movies now.
2: He keeps <laughs> exactly. proving himself, and you keep not being good. In, it, it keeps not being good. That's in. that's why I was so hopeful for that brief moment that Greg was just screwing with Jack because Jack is such a jerk. But then, I, but I I I I shouldn't have hoped that I shouldn't have because that's not the that's not the dynamic. Um, but uh, anyway, um. So the do you guys want to talk about what yeah what you do have? you want to talk about, what, what were you gonna say Josh it's more important what
0: you well saying. I was gonna ask if I, or I wanted to toss out one final scene that I wanted to talk about which was the final scene mm-hmm. uh, when it is suddenly Christmas and they're having a Christmas solu- uh, solution mm-hmm. celebration to merge mm-hmm. you know the Fokker family Hanukkah and Christmas and then I was like oh my God is this now a fucking Christmas movie.
1: Yeah, like they... I so I don't see a reason. Listen, we established that Meet the Parents is a 100% a Thanksgiving yeah, we, movie. Mm-hmm. We I established that I would watch uh the Meet the Fockers after the young ones went sure. to bed and you were still there with the drunk family, then you could turn on Meet the Fockers and this would be a great time. Now, this one you shouldn't watch, but whatever. <laughs> fold that bridge. Fold that bridge, make it a Christmas movie. no, nah. Go for it. No.
2: Nah. Not good this enough.
1: breaks one, several of David's basic rules. If you go back to our Christmas Rules
2: episodes, um, we don't see any new... First detail, of all, David's
0: but, rules aren't simple or basic. They're militant.
2: Oh, they were um, they wrong. were concrete. I actually had rules. That was a first off. If you go back and listen to that episode, you guys had no rules. I had real rules. And this one breaks several of them. So just going to put that out there. Go back and want, listen to our Christmas What Makes a Christmas Movie podcast. Uh, pretty great. Pretty great episode, I got to say. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, honestly, the best part about that was them all saying, we're going to move next door. And Greg being like, no, no, no one's moving next door. You're going to stay in our respective states <laughs> as far away from each other as possible. We'll see each other once a year. Like, uh, I I very much, uh, I don't know if I related to that moment, but I was, I was definitely like, that's, I was like, that's a good, uh, I, I like this argument. So anyway,
0: what do you guys think the legacy of this movie is? Gonna be in this, or not this movie in particular, but this franchise, if it even has one anymore.
1: I think it does because I think that we, again, we live in a we live in a world of nostalgia, mm-hmm. and I said this off mic, and I think I said it in the first episode where it's, this 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 franchise in this movie, it feels like it holds this like wholesome place in people's hearts, like you know, at its core, these comedy or these comedies quote unquote around some of them are like wholesome family innocent that's what they're trying to convey in all of them it's not anything overly offensive for the most part uh you may not like it but it's not like you know gonna raise any red flags for most people um and then i don't think people have watched them since they've come out and i think that people have these positive funny memories and they remember the funny parts and then they haven't seen them again, mm-hmm. and so I think that this and, and the success combined with this the nostalgia I think gives it a solid legacy um, that people will just remember fondly, but will not revisit.
2: You know, I think that's solid, Garrett. I think that it is. Well, it can, it's a millennial franchise, right? It is came out between 2000 and 2010. That's the prime years for the millennial watch crew, right? Uh, We all, you know, remember the Meet the Parents at the very least. I don't remember what our our engagement was with with Meet the Fockers exactly, but they came out in that prime time. You know, people are good, so there is going to be a certain nostalgia for people our age for Meet the Parents. Maybe some people a little older than us, but I kind of feel like it's one of those ones. It's like it's an aged poorly franchise. Like it's going to be one of those ones where if you watch it in twenty forty, you're going to be like, "What the heck were they doing here?" I think Meet the Parents has an element of it'll it'll stand up to time like some things are going to be awkward probably but for the most part the premise of meeting your in-laws or meeting you know the 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 parents of your significant other is always going to be a fairly uh relevant one the other two i just don't know i just don't know it feels like they shouldn't have been made (laughs) like it feels like obviously they they had they they felt like they had the chance to, but or they had the the stuff that they could work with, but I don't feel like the other two are memorable at all. Versus, and the first one is so like I don't know. I feel like it's a very um, uneven franchise. I think that's the legacy is an uneven Ben Stiller comedy. I think that's
0: franchise. more or less where I'm at. That the, the Meet the Parents definitely stands up over time a lot better than the t- trilogy as a whole and certainly better than the other two a- and i think that it's enough you know i don't even know if i would recommend anyone watch the other two honestly like just if you haven't seen any of them watch the first one and if you like it maybe stop just because it won't get better <laughs> it exactly. doesn't get better it can, it only gets no. like okay okay uh, <laughs> like you, you know like, uh, each yeah. as it goes along so that's what I would say. I think the Meet the Parents legacy is strong. And and the Fockers definitely paid paid some bills for people, so that's good for them.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. To the to an extent. I mean apparently uh Dustin Hoffman did not want to do Little Fockers over he either didn't like the story or didn't like how much money he was gonna clear. get early He was right on the that was
1: clear. <laughs> And then, I was like, oh, my God, Dustin Hoffman didn't want to do this movie at all. That's yeah. why he's in Spain and, learning right. the flamenco. He,
2: he like, was, has one scene with Roz. Because they were going to, because he wasn't going to do the movie, they had planned to have him die between Meet the Fockers and, and, the, and, and Little Fockers. But somehow, Universal and him, they worked it out, and he did six scenes exactly. Oh and he was God. like, okay, all right, I'll come in, I'll do a few of these. But he didn't want to do it. They could just
0: not be in it. You don't have to kill them at all.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah you don't have to do that um so yeah i think that uh you know if it ends here which i think it i think it should uh it's an uneven franchise
1: yeah but you've talked about david said something about yeah. wanting to, or thinking about what could yeah. be a good movie of this like what do you have what do you i i listen the only thing that i have is a title. But what do you have? What is the title? Help me out here and we'll we'll start Oh, for me, you have to continue with the theme and you just have to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And it has to be the Grand Fockers. Now, that's that's an option. I think that's definitely an option. So it is
2: the age of the geriatric sequel. All right. We have Top Gun Maverick. We have Tron Legacy came out way after, right? We have Hocus Pocus 2. uh, Countless others that I can probably think of if you gave me the time. Um, And so, like, guess what? ben stiller is one year older right now than robert de niro was when he did meet the parents so ben stiller in the jack role now i'm not saying do a remake what i'm saying is now he's the dad he's the person who is getting met right so now you have to stand up to greg right and so it's his daughter his son i don't care which one you do but there maybe it's both maybe both are bringing significant others back home for for to, to meet the other right so I just think that's probably the easiest thing to do. You put Greg in that role. You have him maybe, you know, Robert De Niro is still alive. So you have him come in and give some disapproving glances. I don't know. But uh, I think that's probably the most, most obvious way to go, especially if you do. And now if you do the grandfockers, then, you know, obviously you're bringing in kids. I don't know. So, so, I I mean, it would be as dumb as anything that they've done. Like, they can't they can't make the franchise worse. That's the thing. You really can't. You can't lower the x. Ex- you can't lower the uh, the expectation. It can only go up, right? So that's sort of. I don't think so. What I was thinking. The other option is you just do a remake and you just have Ben Stiller play Jack Burns, just have him be the big tough guy. <laughs> just have ben Stiller but have him be like, Jack? no, you know, just have him just really
1: overdo it. Be Ben Stiller over the top. You know, the way that you do it <laughs> is actually you have it written from a Gen Z perspective. That's yeah. how you have to do it. You, you well, can't do it from a millennial perspective because, like, that's already been told. Ben Stiller's, So it has to be told from, it has to be modernized, yeah. it has to be told from a Gen Z perspective exactly. of going to meet the parents. And I think, you know, and seeing then, that, I think that would be the way it's done.
2: What that allows you to do is it allows you to tell a story where, you know, so uh, Ben Stiller as a person and Greg sort of as a character are on that are on that cusp between baby boomer and gen x like he's born in 65 so it's that weird middle year for or you know like it's either right at the beginning of gen x or it's right at the end of baby boomer uh so it does give you an interesting film matchup where you could have like a young gen z guy who wants to impress you know greg who is a you know kind of gen x guy and see how those two generations clash i mean the clash of generations makes for an interesting film so you could you know, if you write it from that perspective, like you said, of what's now John, what's what's the modern equivalent of a male nurse? You know, you'd write it from that perspective, and how Greg deals with that as someone who's who was progressive for the year two thousand. What is he now? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. There's there's a conversation to be had. Whether or not the movie gets made, I don't know. But you could definitely, you know, get a get a bunch of writers together and see what you come up with.
0: Yeah, I just think if they were to make a movie like that, just make it a new movie and don't call it part of Meet the Parents or a reboot or anything. Like, we already know that every idea is done over and over again, and, and Meet the Parents itself was a remake, mm-hmm. and also just not a not a com- terribly unique story. Like we've said, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a tale as little as time. You are meet the, meeting the parents. Mm-hmm. The title yeah, is the, the uh, story. So like, uh, just make a new
2: family movie. Brian Cranston did it with. Uh... With Why James him? Franco, didn't he? Why him? Yeah, not <coughs> yeah. as good, but also uh, Bernie Mac did it with uh, Ashton Kutcher.
0: That one I don't remember.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't remember the name of that one. Anyway, I don't but have either. a suggestion because yeah.
0: I hope they don't make another one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that and, I hope they don't make another <laughs> one. Was, I, don't, I also I really hope don't, they don't. I also don't. I want to make that clear. Um, but but, but for that, the that sake is of my fun, suggestion. Make more make
0: family one. movies, but don't make the Meet the Parents movies.
2: Just be new. Be new. Okay. but the franchise man the the the, the existence of the name I the name know, value
0: we gotta make see eventually they gotta realize they gotta have new ip that's true uh, and this is the time to be laying that and and then you and then you milk that mm. ip to death but you gotta keep making new yes. ones at some intervals
2: <laughs> yeah we're running out
0: we're running out of ip um mm-hmm. all right well speaking of running out of ip we're 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 done with uh, the Fokkers. uh the Fokker thank franchise. thank
2: god lay it to rest
1: Get them the fuck <laughs> so out of Fockers here. So many fuckers are
0: done. Let's get into the letterbox game, though. We're going to all try to guess a score on a 0-5 to five scale of what we think the Letterboxd community average of, of me, uh, Little Fockers is. Just yes. to read a few of the most popular reviews of this movie, uh, Indy gave it half of one star and said it contains one of the most profound thematic trends found in modern life, not enough Laura Dern who we didn't even mention, but true, yeah. there wasn't enough. Well,
2: I forgot nothing. to put Lord Dern on the list, yeah.
0: Um, this review yeah. is from 2012, so it's missing a little bit of a, a creative renaissance that Mr. De Niro's had, but... Uh, Dirk says one star. The artist formerly known as Robert De Niro proves again that nothing is safe from the black hole that is his career. <laughs> uh, and then two more. Uh, Alexi gave it another half of one star and said, this fucking sucks shit. And then... Two she stars write. from Chloe. LMAO. Why is Nick Kroll an extra in this? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All great questions. Um, and great reviews.
2: I do want to. I do want to add. Robert De Niro got a lifetime achievement award in twenty, in late twenty, in like uh, twenty eleven, and he said, "I'm so glad that you could give me this award before I before the reviews came out for Little Fockers." <laughs>
1: hmm. Smart. Yeah. At least he knew. All right. He
0: knew. Time to guess. <clears throat>
1: What am I? in last still? Uh, yes, that's true. 2.3. That's a
0: good
2: one. 2.1. Okay, before we get there. Damn, that's low. Did anybody see the Rotten Tomatoes Damn. go already? No. Great, so that's a that's a tiebreaker opportunity there. Those top reviews were really low. They were. 2.5?
0: Two, 2.5. 2. 5. Okay. Uh, we're in, we're in, I'm going to need to pull up that Rotten Tomatoes score. Because... Oh, uh, no, wait. No, I will. The answer is 2.4. 2.4. Uh, <laughs> so 2.3 from Garrett and 2.5 from David means we are going to have to break this tie. So let me mm. pull up Rotten Tomatoes real quick, and we'll give this one a shot to see if we can uh, break the tie and decide who's going to be the winner, our leader of most of the year, or our dead last. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put on a technicality.
1: Okay, I have this. I have a, I have a thought. Yeah. I have a question. Or Are we going to do the critic score, or are we going to do the audience score? Because for, I argue that we do the letterbox score, which is of yeah. the Vans. Mm-hmm. Thus, we should not necessarily do the critic okay. score. I want to know what it is, but I think we should guess what the fans mm, the audience, think. Okay. Because, right. my, honestly, yeah. screw the critics. That's what hey. I think. Oh.
0: Okay. Mm. Then go ahead. I got them both, so we'll do uh, the, cri- or we'll do co- the audience, and then I'll tell you the critics just for fun.
1: I still think it's going to be bad. Think <laughs> Fog- I think it's going to be good. Meet me? the Fockers. Rotten Tomatoes was 38. I can tell you that. Mm. Oh. From really? the audience?
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. From oh, the critics. The Little Fockers, Or Meet the Fockers from oh. two weeks a
1: week ago. That was yeah. That was a critic score. Oh, from the critics? Okay. Mm. I don't I know the what the audience like score it for I that. Still, one I think that it's gonna be like a 53 okay, for the audience. Okay, the audience
0: is uh That is rotten The audience
1: is famously pretty forgiven. Um
2: I'll say a 61.
0: Okay. We got sixty-one, which is barely fresh. And then we got fifty-three, which is definitely rotten. Uh this movie is rotten, so it is gonna to go to mm. Garrett. Although you were both quite a bit off. Um, the audience score is 34 percent, not as forgiving as I
1: expected. Uh, and the critic score uh, is uh
0: nine. <laughs> <A> nine percent
2: <laughs> that's that appallingly low. <laughs> yeah, uh, as Star really as
0: it bad is, for what I'd
1: my say is be. I'd say that's accurate.
0: As star studded as God, it is, I agree with him on sometimes. sometimes little Fockers takes the top grossing trilogy to
1: embarrassing new lows. Ooh, I agree with that consensus. Mm. So there you go.
2: Man, 2.4 on Letterboxd, and 9 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. What hmm. are. See, I think that's why Letterboxd is a little bit better because it did factors in the fact that some people do like it uh, enough to bring it to a 2.4. Yeah, what are. I'm going to give scores? it a 2.5. Okay. Initially, I was going to give it a three because I thought to myself... I got some laughs. It wasn't so... you know, At first, I thought to myself, it wasn't like... It wasn't so bad, but I got to admit, this conversation has really helped to bring out to my memory some of the parts that I even looked past. Yeah. So, I'm just... a Two and a half is as good as I can do for this. It's not very good.
1: One and a half for me. Yeah, I have... Oh, nice, nice. Not bad, not bad. Um, it's a one-star mm. movie mm. for me. Yeah, it's just really yeah, bad. really not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one and a half is weak on my scale.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, see, one and a half is that coveted bad but entertaining, mm. and one is just bad. This couldn't even mm. be entertaining enough to hit that half-star mm. necessity of just, I had a good time. Mm. It's bad, but I had a good See, time. That's really me. all I'm looking for. And this was and that you could argue for me, could be meet the fuckers. But yeah. this one was just not, not good at all. See yeah, and for me this was bad, but it was more on like the disappointing
2: side because I was I was interested to a point and then I just lost interest. So like I don't know, it just kinda like it lost me. Uh and so I, I was I I was giving it credit I shouldn't have given it that much credit, a nope. nine mile All right. Well,
0: that's our. Oh, I
2: got to give that point to Garrett. Hang on. Yeah, give that point to Garrett. coming back,
1: coming back.
0: That's our review of Little Fockers. uh, Wrapping up so many Fockers month here on the show. Uh, If you missed any of them, please go back and check them out at somanysequels.com dot com or in your favorite podcast app. Just search so many sequels. Um, We'll be back next week with our Christmas reveal episode, where we're going to tell you what movies we're going to talk about. At least some of the movies we're going to talk about. during december as we celebrate so many santas so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss that again you can do that in your favorite podcasting app or on youtube uh just hit subscribe there and we've been posting all kinds of videos on there clips from the show full episodes go check that out again at somanysequels.com all right we will see you all next week bye